trust the movement I negate the chaos Uplift the negative I'll show up at the table Again and again Welcome to Grassroot Ohio Conversations with everyday people Working on important issues Here in Columbus and all around Ohio I'm Carolyn Harding And today I'm talking with Adrian Hood Adrian is a lifelong resident of Columbus, Ohio Her son, Henry Green V was murdered by two Columbus police officers on June 6, 2016. That day, she joined the Involuntary Club that changed her life forever. At that point, she believed she had one of two options, sink, suffer, and die silently, or fight. She has chosen the latter. This is her quote. It is a terrible system that we must fight against, but it is a fight that we must do Nonetheless, I have two other children and three grandchildren, and their protection, safety, along with the rest of my community, is important to me. Welcome, Adrian. Thank you. So glad to, I'm so glad to have you here in, at Grassroot Ohio. And I appreciate the invitation. I heard you speak at the Heartbeat Movement, Protect Our Stolen Treasures Rally, at the Ohio State House this summer. And I knew I wanted to hear your story and hoped to have you on Grassroot Ohio. So thanks again for being here. You're welcome. This is a pretty momentous week. Um, after a national search, a vetted selection committee, a citywide public hearing that drew hundreds of residents, impassioned letters to the editor, Columbus was down to two candidates, one from the inside, white, and one from Seattle, African-American. On Monday, earlier than expected, Mayor Ginther announced his decision to appoint Thomas Quinlan, the insider, to be the new Columbus police chief. You had advocated for the selection for the former Seattle police assistant chief, Perry Tarrant. So, where are you today? Better than I was yesterday, that's for sure. Right. The Reverend Jeffrey Key, a member of Ginther's search committee for a new chief, was gravely disappointed with Quinlan's selection. Can you tell us why and where are you, how are you about this, this decision right now? So very disappointed, um, definitely, although I'm not surprised. Um, I have learned that the politics um, in Columbus are very uh, brutal, and um, there are debts to be paid always. Um, I'm learning that more and more. And so with that being said, I'm not surprised um, with the selection, although I am very disappointed. What had you hoped um, that the outsider would bring to Columbus? that he would be able to come in and remove the blind spots um, that have went on within the department for many, many years. And um, let, let me be clear that it doesn't have anything to do um, necessarily with him being an African-American, although I do believe that um, that extra piece of it um, and the way that he was brought into law enforcement was through his own um, 
bad experience uh, with the police department there in Arizona. Um, I think that it brought him to a place of compassion um, that you almost have to experience or walk in to be able to see things from that lens. So, um, again, very, very disappointed, but I knew that he was a change agent um, based upon all of the experience um, that he has had over the years, not just with uh, Seattle Police Department, which the FOP fought um, for him to uh, not be able to come into their department um, as well, um, but uh, even in in Arizona, you know, and just the one of the the key things for me was him being handpicked by President Obama's administration to work on the 21st century uh, policing. Um, that says a lot. It says a lot. It says a lot to his experience. Um, and I thought that it was something that we definitely needed. We need a change agent. And um that is uh, Mayor Ginther's words, actually. He wanted a change agent. He wanted an innovator. And at the end of the day, he chose someone who is a part of an established system, has been for the last 30 years, has benefited from the system being the way that it is um, for the last 30 years. And now we expect cancer to cure cancer. And that's a problem. It's a problem. And now my concern is with the officers who did have the courage to stand up and to speak out, to send letters to the safety uh, committee. Those individuals um, will now have to live with the fear of retaliation. Um, They aren't going to say that publicly um, and neither will Quinlan or anyone in his camp, quote unquote. Um, But that retaliation is yet to come. I truly believe that. Yeah, I mean, even you, Adrian, every time you speak out about your story with your son, I'm sure there there are repercussions with, you know, the police that don't have the same don't have the same take as your story. And um, I would love to hear your story about your son, and then share with our listeners your fight for justice. Sure. Um, so, like you said in my uh, in my bio, uh, my son Henry Green, he was killed June sixth, um, twenty sixteen. Um, it was the day after I got back from reserve duty, actually. Um, walking down the street with one of his friends and uh, was approached by a unmarked vehicle with Florida tags and two plainclothes officers whom many witnesses, not just the individual with my son, but many witnesses that were out there because, again, this was in the summertime. It was around 630 in the the evening, so it's still daylight, you know, people getting off of work and everything, and these officers did not identify themselves, and many witnesses said that they're Badges which were on lanyards, um, they did not pull out of um, from under their shirts until after they had um, shot my son. So um, 
from that point forward, you know, it's always been about finding out what was going on, you know, and to this day, I still haven't gotten a solid reason as to why the inner the encounter even happened to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably won't get that answer, you know, because unfortunately, uh, we have Ohio is a home rule state. Mm -hmm. which means that they investigate themselves unless they ask for an outside party to come in. So in essence, everything stays at home. Um, And with that being the case, um, we have seen continuously over and over again um, how officers are willing to protect their own, uh, which is very um, unfortunate, you know, especially when you have an FOP, Fraternal Order of Police, that um, operates the way that ours does. And the impression and what I have seen from them is that no matter what the offense is that the officers have done, um, especially white officers, I have to be clear about that, um, No matter what they've done, you know, there is a fight to get their job back. You know, um, one of the officers that killed my son, not even two weeks after um, he was cleared from killing my son, is the same officer who stomped the handcuffed young man in the head um, in the same in the same zone. Um, Is he he still on in the in the in the uh, police department? Well, he did lose his job, um, but he got it back. Uh, courtesy of arbitration and the FOP. Mm -hmm. Um, He did get his job back. He got the money that he had lost um, and was, um, you know, reinstated um, seniority-wise and now is a detective um, in the burglary department, I believe. Um, But he got his job back. And here um, just last week, um, Officer Mayhew got his job back, and he was the one that was um, found negligent or derelict of duty um, was his his pled um, to charge, but he was actually charged with um, having sex with um, street uh, street women um, on the west side. And um, in his plea, he bl- he pled to a lesser charge, um, which put him in the position to get his job back. So now he is back on the police force as well. Um, and I specify the fight for white officers because Lieutenant McFadden, Melissa McFadden, when uh, Chief Jacobs uh, tried to terminate her, we did not see this same fight from the FOP, not publicly, you know, because she's a, a union member or, you know, however that goes, representation. Um, they're obligated to do that when you go into the meetings and, you know, the closed doors. But, you know, I seen fundraisers that they did for Rosen um, while he was off, you know, to help with the cost of taking care of his family and, and things Is like Rosen that. one of the... One of the officers that um, shot your son? Yes. 
Zachary Rosen. And um, so they did a fundraiser and we actually, uh, a few of the organizers um, stopped one of the fundraisers um, that they were doing for him because they were um, uh, raffling um, OSU tickets and a bunch of organizers, they collected signatures, they called OSU. Um, they, I mean, they really showed up, um, you know, and, and and fought, you know, and and asked OSU, how is it that you're supporting an officer who, you know, stomped a, a handcuffed man? Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, OSU sent a letter and asked them to cease and desist um, from that fundraiser, but it didn't stop them from doing it. Um, and you know, so that is um, a challenge, you know, that is in this department that we have to do something about. Um, I don't understand how they can um, try try themselves. I mean, I'm sure surely there's an outside um, system of a, a trial where these um, police officers are, you know, go through a jury and and have witnesses, and there's a judge. Is that does that not happen? So the grand jury process is another thing um, in Ohio that is. Um, pretty twisted. (laughs) Um, It is a, um, it's a secret process. Um, For the most part, there is no judge in the room. It is the prosecutors that are presenting the information to whom uh, to the grant to this select uh, group of jurors. Um, Is that publicly selected? It is just like the just like you uh, report for jury duty, okay. and you're selected, you know, to to um, be be on this particular um, jury. Okay. So, um, but like I said, the prosecutors are the ones that are presenting um, that the the evidence, um, but that evidence has been given to them by Columbus police who have already investigated themselves. So the information that they want to go up goes up. The information that they don't want to go up is not going to go up, you know. And we we, we can even connect that to the many people who have now been um, exonerated through the Innocence Project, right, and all of the evidence, that doesn't get presented or it makes it to the prosecution, but the prosecution wants a, um, wants a conviction. So they withhold the evidence. So the power is always within these two entities. And because of that, the communities continue to suffer. And that's a problem. This is Carolyn Harding. I'm with Grassroot Ohio. And today I'm talking with Adrian Hood, and we're talking about the recent decision um, to, of the new um, police chief of Columbus, Ohio, that Mayor Ginther decided upon this week. And um, Adrian has had personal experience with the department, with the, the, own, the loss of her own son, um, being shot and murdered by two um, Columbus police officers. I, I wanted to read um, from an article Um, in Pacific Standard, which was updated in October 2018, entitled Henry Green, the Columbus Police, and the Jump Out Boys, How Racism Becomes Institutionalized in Police Departments. Here's a quote. Columbus is the 14th largest city in the United States. 
The Columbus Police Department employs over 1,800 law enforcement officers, the overwhelming majority of whom are white. Black people make up less than a third of citizens in the Columbus Police Department's total jurisdiction, but Columbus police kill black people with the greatest frequency of any race. Racism in the Columbus Police Department is rampant. And that's, and do you believe that this new chief will deal with that? He's been there for 30 years. Hmm. That's the best answer that I can provide. He has been with this same department for almost 30 years. And what has he done? What what has he done? So for me to expect him to do anything different, um, I I don't have faith in that. I I just don't. Um, I understand that he was not the chief of police at the time, but he was a deputy chief, right? Um, so you do have power to be a change agent in that particular position. He's also been the interim chief. Exactly. And what has he done? Anything positive in that direction um, since he has taken, was the interim chief? Well, he got a therapy dog. He got a therapy <laughs> uh, dog? That is uh, one of the things that, you know, I keep hearing him um, emphasize, you know, um, this therapy dog. But um, as far as the community is concerned, He's talking about the things that he's done for 286 days um, that he had been in in leadership. But I need for people to remember he's been in leadership for more than 286 days. Mm -hmm. And again, had plenty of opportunity to make changes. He's seen it was going on. Been involved in many of the cases where this stuff was going on. And never spoke up and, about it, and didn't didn't do anything, Just you know. Enabled, yeah, and 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 that's and that's a problem. That's a problem. You have so many officers who want to speak up, but because of retaliation, mm-hmm. um, you know, they don't. Mm-hmm. I have two friends who are Columbus police officers who have active lawsuits against the department for discrimination. And discrimination and death threats, right? Um, that that were that were launched at them by a sergeant that was in their leadership. He called them apes and monkeys, and he would take them out back and shoot them. That's a death threat. And what happened when they um, when they you know reported this? For the longest, it was looked over. It was just, you know, swept under the rug Um, when attention started to surround the case because one of the officers did um, he didn't want to retire. But for the safety of his family, he did retire. And once he did that, it's kind of like the shackles were no longer there and he could speak more freely. Right. Mm -hmm. And and then it started to get attention. You know, this sergeant did end up getting fired, but he didn't get fired for his racist behavior. He got fired for stealing time. 
For what? Because they said he wasn't reporting the hours that he was working and some equipment that he he took or something with equipment. Um, so that's what he ended up getting fired for, mm-hmm. supposedly. Um, but he got his job back through arbitration um, as well, you know. Um, but these are these are live um, cases that are going on um, right now, you know, and and I'm reading some of the depositions from those cases right now. And it is very disheartening to see some of the commanders and some of the sergeants that are in charge acknowledge that these things did happen mm. and nobody did anything about it. Why do these officers have to fight so hard for doing was right. It makes no sense to me. Sounds like the culture was racist or is racist in some elements, and it needs to be changed. Absolutely. With that, Adrian, what are the recommendations that you and your community and others that are working on police um, uh, change, evolution for the um, police department? What are some of the things that you would like this new Chief, to take on for actual change? So that question, um, I I could go many uh, directions with that question, but um, it's hard to have compassion for people that you don't know anything about. Um, Most of these officers do not even live in Columbus. Let's start there. Mm. Um, They come from, you know, little small towns um, where there aren't many African-Americans or minorities. um, And the only the only image, the only experience that you have with African-Americans or minorities is what you've seen on TV. TV. And we already know the narrative that is um, driven on TV mm-hmm. about African-Americans and minorities. So when they don't have any personal contact or involvement except for when they come to our community community to control us, you know, um, it, it, it's hard. It's hard for them to see us as human. And and I'm not saying that about all officers because I don't believe that. No. Um, but it's hard for them to interact. So I think that one of the things is we need to hire more people from our community. Mm-hmm. We need to, they need to look at the hiring guidelines that are disqualifying so many African-American and minorities. Because I know that that part exists as well. Now, I do know that they have a new recruiting sergeant, um, and I do think that he will do his due diligence um, in turning those things around. Um, My concern with it is when he does and as he does, will he still be able to continue that? Or will they say no? Will they stop it? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that that's that's my concern, you know, with um, with that piece. Um, the other thing that I think is very important is um, cultural competency. It's what not that mean? It, it's not complicated. You know, understand the cultures in which you're going to be interacting with, mm-hmm. you know, um, understand that 
if I talk with my hands, that doesn't mean that I'm an aggressive person. It means I'm passionate about whatever it is that I'm talking about, right? Um, you know, those little things could literally save someone's so life. life. Like the the couple um, examples of, of people that were mentally ill and having trouble and someone called to get them help and they ended up being shot. And because they didn't know how to deal with mental mental health um, emergencies. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, even our own incident, an incident very close and near and dear to my heart because I have met his family and have been supporting his family. But we have our own situation with Jerron Thomas and him calling the ambulance because he was having a mental health emergency. Right. The ambulance didn't come. The police did. And within a week of him calling the ambulance for help, when he, the ambulance had come to his house many times before they were aware of his mental, um, his, his mental health, for whatever reason, the police showed up on this night. Hmm. And nobody knows what happened in those few moments to have this young man, healthy young man, end up in a coma and dying less than seven days later. Mm. And his family still is not getting answers. That's wrong. It's absolutely wrong. So in addition to um, police officers being from the community, a, a training, cultural training, sensitivity training, um, education about uh, mental illness and behavior. What about um, what about citizen advisory board? That is something that I would love to see come here, um, but we've seen Chief Quinlan's response to that at the chief forum mm-hmm. uh, when when that question um, did arise. Um, chief Tarrant had no problem, hands down, said, yes, that would be fine. Mm -hmm. Chief Quinlan asked, at what point? At what point are they going to be involved? Is it at the investigative point? Is it after the investigation? What are we going to be giving over to them? You know, he went around the question. Mm. That, to me, says that you really don't want it because Mm -hmm. then you have somebody else having eyes on the things that you're doing. And honestly and truthfully, until we see some true change within the department, that is something that they absolutely do not want to happen. Who could lead that charge and actually make it happen? The mayor. The mayor? The mayor could call for that because the mayor has, he has that power um, to do that, okay. you know, but... um Unfortunately, like I said, the politics here. They're all in cahoots. It's all connected. Mm -hmm. I am learning that slowly but surely. Adrienne, how can listeners help in this fight to make a more just Columbus Police Department? Get involved. And how and where would they get involved? Demand accountability from our elected officials. We continue, continue 
to vote the same people and expect different results. Where I come from, that's insanity, right? (laughs) We cannot be, we cannot be lazy in our um, voter education. We, we we have to know, you know, what these candidates stand for, what they're willing to support, you know, and things like that. And, and and they're not. They they talk a good game and we never see any action. So when as a community are we going to demand that they do what they say they're gonna do? With that we need to wrap up, but I do know one thing, and that you're running for public <laughs> office. So we'll be hearing more from you, won't we? Oh, absolutely. Sure will. Adrian, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio, 94.1 FM, WGRN.org. We air Friday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to all our previous shows archived on the top post of our Grassroot Ohio Facebook page. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back.